morning. Today's scripture reading comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sean. You know, it was in uh, about 1995, I believe, and there was a song that uh, had burst out across the radio waves. Um, a song written by a guy by the name of Eric Brazilian. And it's a song that asked a provocative question. What if God was one of us? And it seems to follow God through the day-to-day -day treasury of life that we all experience. And it asked people if they would really want to know God as personally as they say they know him. In fact, I'm going to, if you'll give me a moment, I'm actually going to play that for you. It's a familiar tune I'm sure you have heard before. If God had a name, what would it be and would you call it to his face? If you were faced with him in all his glory, what would you ask if you had just one question? And yeah, yeah, God is great and yeah, yeah. God is good, yeah, 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 yeah. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. If God had a face, what would it look like and would you want to see? If seeing meant that you would have to believe in things like heaven and in Jesus and the saints and all the prophets and yeah, yeah, God is great and yeah, yeah. God is good, yeah, 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 yeah. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. Trying to make his way home Back up to heaven all alone Nobody calling on the phone 
except for the Pope may be in Rome. And yeah, yeah, God is great. Yeah, yeah, God is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us Just a stranger on the bus Trying to make his way home Just trying to make his way home Like a holy rolling stone Back up to heaven all alone just trying to make his way home Nobody calling on the phone Except for the Pope may be in Rome <laughs> Kind of a funny irony to the whole song is that the song's about incarnation. And the season of Christmas is here to remind us that God actually did come to be one of us, to live our lives, to understand our struggles, as well as to make himself known to us. That the God who created all things was emptied out to be a participant in creation. And this morning we read a scripture from John that speaks to that mystery that we call incarnation. The word incarnation literally comes from the Latin incarne, which means in flesh. And, um, and it's that mystery that God would take on the limitations of human form and come to dwell among us. That God would, in fact, be one of us. And I love the standard reading that that was read so well today by Sean. But Eugene Peterson has a very interesting take on this passage in his dynamic translation of the scriptures called The Message. And he sums it up this way. He says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And I like his take because we spend so much time at Christmas dwelling upon the majesty of Jesus' birth. We've got... The angels, the miraculous conception. We've got the glory of the Lord shining all around. And don't get me wrong, I love all of that divine stuff. I love all of that majesty. But we often forget the human side of the drama. And I imagine that Mary and Joseph woke up exhausted after their long night. I mean... Can you imagine arriving in Bethlehem, having to find a place to stay, and then having Mary giving birth to a child in the place in the home that was set aside for the animals? And I'm not sure we can possibly understand just how relieved Mary and Joseph must have been, knowing that they didn't have to get up in the morning and start moving again. They didn't have to travel again. They knew that they were where they needed to be, and they knew that the Romans wouldn't be mad at them for not being in Bethlehem. But more importantly, how relieved they were, knowing that their son had arrived, and that so much of what the angels had said to them at the beginning of the pregnancy had been confirmed, and how all that they had endured for the last 10 months had been worth it all. They wake up, Relieved, exhausted, and all that is left to do is what Eugene Peterson says. Move into the neighborhood. Remember, they're there because of a census. And this was done before the day of computers, so it was probably going to take a while to finish it. It was time for them to settle into life there in Bethlehem. Time for Joseph to resume his place in the family shop. Time for Mary to tend to her son, and time for the two of them to make a home for their child. Now, we've spent the last four weeks walking through the events of Jesus' birth. We spent time in Nazareth. We got to know Mary. 
We spent time in Bethlehem and got to know Joseph a little bit. Uh, we went to Ein Karim, and there we got to spend time with, with uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. We've made the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and we were there when the child was born. The incarnation has happened. So now what? Now what? Are you going to go home today and finish up the last of the leftovers from Christmas morning? Some of you may have another lackadaisical week of, of, uh, of vacation ahead of you, or you don't know exactly what day it was. I kept having to check my phone this week and say, wait, what, what day is it? Um, maybe you have to go back to work. Or maybe you're just looking forward to New Year's Eve and day and to that, that day of college football and eating probably the, wor the worst foods for you on, on New Year's Day. But I'm going to repeat the question I asked earlier. The baby is here. Now what? See, all the decorations will soon go away if they haven't already. All the lights will get taken down. The nativities are going to go into storage. Is this all there is? Is this how the story ends? Is this how the journey ends? Does it end up in a dusty box, carefully stored on a shelf in your garage, or in the top of a closet? I hope not. You see, I believe there is still more to the story. There's still more to the story of the incarnation to be heard and to be told. There is still more of Christmas to be lived. You see, I want Jesus to be more than just a story that you read once a year and you put on the shelf. I want Jesus to be more than that warm feeling that you feel every 12 months as we move into December. See, I want Jesus to be your neighbor. I want you to let him settle down into your stuff. You know what I'm talking about when I say into your stuff. I want you to see him. I want you to talk to him regularly when you get home from work. I want you to conspire goodness with him in your neighborhood. I want you to share your issues and your joys with him. I want Jesus to be your neighbor. And this year, I want us to allow Christmas to settle in. Let us look at Jesus, listen to Jesus, laugh with Jesus, and obey Jesus and become more than, than just random people. Let us become the people that God has truly intended us to be. Because there's a secret I'm going to tell you. And that is the process of incarnation is not something that happened once 2,000 years ago. It still happens today. And it happens through you and through me. And ser seriously, I, I'm, I'm being serious here. And I'm going to explain it to you. You see, that we're reading out of the Gospel of John. This the interplay of light and darkness and this idea of incarnation and God's word being incarnate. And later on in John's gospel, Jesus is going to tell the disciples that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In his actions, in his teachings, and in the relationships they have shared, they have seen God. And then he looks at them, and he tells them, In the way that I have been sent, so now I send you. Do you hear that? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I have come to do the, my Father's will. If you have seen me, you have seen the one who sent me. And now I send you in the same way. You see, we are supposed, obviously we're not going to incarnate Christ in the way that Christ has incarnated God. 
But there is a way in which we are supposed to be the ones who make Christ present in the world. We are the ones who are somehow supposed to incarnate the presence of the risen Christ. How else are people going to know and understand the reality of Christ if we aren't willing to embody it ourselves? Because in the end, this is the beginning of a big story. A story that we are a part of and a story that we are still living out today. So you're going to put Christmas away, but don't forget about it. Don't mistake Christmas for the decorations and the trees and the celebrations and the carols. Christmas is something that happens year-round, and it's about incarnation. Are you up for this? Are you up for that? If you're not, it's okay. You're going to get reminded of it all throughout the year, but I hope we are. And as you consider what that might mean, I want you to think about what you need to do in 2019 in order to make Jesus present and visible in your neighborhood. What do you have to do? What has to change in you? It might be something small. It might be something big. What will you have to do in 2019 in order to make Jesus present and visible in your neighborhood, and in this neighborhood. Because really, my Christmas prayer this year is that Jesus is able to settle into your neighborhood. And that we can show Christ to North Hollywood through our actions, through our presence, and through our church. So Merry Christmas. Thank you for saying that back. Merry, Merry Christmas. Let us go and participate in the incarnation. Amen.